first things first i'm the realest realest drop this and let the whole world feel it let them feel it and i'm still in the murder business i can hold you down hello and welcome to the intentional grounding fantasy football podcast this is episode 11 and we're titling this episode you gotta start somewhere and uh luke came up with that title so if you don't like it complain to luke um we've got three segments on today's uh episode first of all we're going to walk you through how to prep for a startup then we're going to go to a mailbag and then we're going to go to guys that we're targeting targeting in each of the first three rounds of a startup i am noah downs i'm your co-host along with luke bisson how are you doing luke pretty good go Cavs. oh god and <laughs> and joey how are you doing joey doing great man all right so um uh, well, I, I guess we should rewind a little bit. So, Luke, you, your, your city, your team, had a had a significant victory. Um, I'm not talking about your Browns actually winning two games. I'm talking about your Cavs, led by LeBron, who was Cavs and then went to Miami and then finally came back to the Cavs because he felt sorry for the people. Um, yep. He he. What did he do? He did something recently. Uh. He he made a decision. Uh, he decided that he was going to single-handedly, with the help of else on the team, win the NBA championship for Cleveland. Oh man, oh man. And thus, it brought the fir- it brought the brung it brought the first championship to Cleveland in how long? It was something like uh, fifty-two years, years since nineteen sixty-four. Oh, I thought it was two hundred fifty. My bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was very, it was cool today. Um. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Jim uh, Trophy to uh, LeBron James. So the last person to actually be on a team that won something in Cleveland, uh, he passed the torch. It was very cool. Very cool. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. You know, um, Cleveland should get into bocce ball as not like a national sport because I'm pretty sure that they'd win, um, mainly because nobody else plays. Um, but congratulations. I'm shooting personally. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> congratulations, buddy. So, um, uh, JoJo, unless you have something that your city did um you know i know my my richmond flying squirrels haven't done much lately um, except they have an awesome name yeah they're 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 a minor league baseball team go go squirrels uh they they like to say go nuts um and uh one of their yeah uh, they have a few other slogans about nuts that i can't say on air <laughs> but other than that yeah so unless you got something jojo do you no, I don't. I live in uh, Wilsonville, so even the name is boring. Oh, God. Well, you just bought a house. I did just buy a house, which is in a different city, so maybe things will get more exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. So let's, let's move on to some hard-hitting analysis and some advice because I'm pretty sure people really don't – outside you know, outside of you, Luke, I'm pretty sure nobody cares about the Cavs, and outside of me – That, that is factually correct. Yeah, factually correct. Sorry, <laughs> Matthew Berry. Um, and uh, outside of – Jojo, yourself, and me, and nobody really cares about the house. Sorry, but but congratulations, you're a homeowner. Um, moving on, segment one. Let's prep for a startup. So, all right, Luke has set us up really well. He's gone through and identified five things you need to do when you're prepping for a startup, um, and we'll go through them one by one for you. So pay attention, hit rate it, hit rewind, because you need to be taking notes, because otherwise you're just gonna suck. Okay. Is that accurate well, to say? Is that fair to say? That, that, that is a fair notion. Uh, good. Prep in any form is good. Yeah, prep, always prep. Always be more prepared than the other guy. You'd rather go down more prepared 
than to go down not having prepared at all. So first, the first thing Luke has identified for us is when you're prepping for a startup, you want to create your own personal rankings, your own personal tiers, not crying over your rankings, but actually T-I-E-R-S, tiers, as in like tiered cake at a wedding. Um, and you want to create these rankings and these tiers. You want them to be individual rankings and lump together tiers so you can kind of identify value when value drops in your startup. Is that correct? Yeah, that is absolutely correct. Right. Um, and how you want to start with doing that is you want to first take a look at the bylaws and the scoring and kind of figure out uh, what small changes in scoring or in roster size you can take advantage of. Uh, the number of starting wide receivers, number of flex spots, uh, PPR, stuff like that. All of those things go into, um, like, if you should favor wide receivers that much more, you know, or if you're getting points per carry, if you should favor running backs more. If it's a, if it's a standard league, you should favor your quarterbacks a little bit more just because quarterbacks, you know, they do well in standard scoring, which I hate, by the way. But. Yeah. Um, but that's like the first thing you want to do. And then from there, you kind of figure out how you expect each player to uh, exist within those scoring options. Like your PPR, like your catching running backs are going to do better in a PPR. Right. Your high catch receivers like your Jarvis Landry's. Yeah, Antonio Brown, Jarvis Landry's, those guys are going to do better in a PPR because they're getting points, whereas a person like uh, Nuke or a person uh, like Alan Brandon Robinson. Marshall, yes, players like that may do better in a standard scoring because they're more uh, down the field yardage and touchdown potential. Right. Now, you can get carried away with making tiers. Obviously, when you, you hear about tiers, you can think you could even separate down to every two players you have a different tier. But right. you want to be kind of do it in moderation. One place I've seen that really does this in great moderation is UTH Dynasty. So, Jojo, I'm going to kind of turn to you and put you on the spot here. How do you go about making tiers when you're prepping for a startup? Do you do it down to minute detail? Um, do you rank them within the tier? Or do you just have a general block of players and then you kind of move from tier to tier as players disappear? Um, I have... I have kind of general tiers, I guess, um, and it's kind kind of the way I do it is, and the way I first did it, is I found a set of ranks that I, that just at first glance, you know, kind of looking over it that I liked, because mm-hmm. um, I think for a lot of people, we can't expect people to sit down and actually write out ranks, because to actually do that, it takes a lot of time and more effort than people probably want to spend. That's days. why mm-hmm. the analysts do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. After that, I just kind of went through and was like, okay, I like, you know, from player one to player, you know, eight, I expect them to kind of produce about the same, or I consider them all studs. You know, they're kind of the more bulletproof guys. Um, And then I go and I go, and then the next group is maybe um, guys who could be studs, but there's... You know, I consider there to be an injury risk or an off-field issue possibly, or their team's really not that great, so it could kind of go sideways on me. Um, you know, so that's kind of just these small uh, things that differentiate these groups of players down to you know these guys are like third string. So I'm you know I'm really just hoping that they can get up to you know 
the wide receiver two on their team or something. So, so just kind of small changes, but the the sets of players ends up being maybe anywhere from you know five to ten players. So in a, in the top one hundred players in your rankings, you may have anywhere from um, ten to fifteen tiers. Yeah. Okay, that sounds great. And once you once you break it down, once you're in a tier, say you have you're in your second tier and it's pick seven overall. Um, do you stick to your ranking within that tier, or would you say, well, you know, as long as I'm pick somebody in this tier, I'm good? Um, so if I can trade, and so if it's a dynasty draft, um, and yeah, say like all my tier one players are gone, I've got say I've got eight players in, in my second tier, um, then, yeah, I'll trade back if I can stay within that tier, especially. But even um, even if I'm just, even if I know I'm, I could get, like, two players from tier, or three players from tier three or something like that, mm-hmm. um, I might even trade back a little bit more. But especially, yeah, if I, if I know I can trade back, say, uh, four spots and I, or five spots, and I know that I'm staying within the same tier, then I'd be all about it. So that'll kind of get into what we're talking about later is how your tiers, that's why tiers and rankings are so important. Even if you don't make your own rankings, you need to make sure that you're separating whatever rankings you use by tiers. That way, once you're going into your draft, you know where you can trade in and out. You can identify value, say if a tier four player falls to your pick where you would expect to get a tier five or tier six. Um, And that way you can make the best decisions possible. So if you do nothing else from this list of five things and prepping for a startup, separate whatever rankings you use into tiers. Just do it. If you have any questions, chat us. We'll talk about our contact info at the end of the podcast, but just do it. Just do it. All right. So just do it. Nike. Um, moving on. What's our second part? Um, Luke has identified you want to figure out where you're drafting. Uh, hopefully you're not guessing where you're drafting. Um, hopefully it's not like one of those randomized one hour before draft kind of things. You know a little bit in advance. Oh, I'm at the 106. Oh, I'm at the 101. Oh God, I have the 112, um, which I would love to have. Yeah, um, I prefer that too. Yeah, me too. Um, but figure out where you're drafting, and then you plan according to where you're drafting. You want to talk about that a little bit, Jojo? Yeah. Um, so and. If I'm in a startup, I would like to know at least a few days in advance where I'm picking. So mm-hmm. if you're going to do a startup, make sure that you can do that uh, just because it makes planning a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can kind of gauge what type of what types of players you're going to be looking at. Um, and and then yeah, the the sweet spot for me is kind of that um, that seven, eight, nine area in a 12 team league. Right. Because um, I know that I'm going to be able to get one of the, my top guys, and uh, looking at drafts lately, I imagine that I'll be able to get Mike Evans, who is was my 101 last year, and I'm still sticking to my guns, even though it's kind of a put up or shut up year for him. But um, yeah, knowing where you're going to be at, and especially in advance, lets you know, okay, should I trade back here? Should I keep my pick? You can kind of prep for what you want to try and do. Yeah, and Luke, will you want to talk a little bit about? how where you're drafting will affect your your later actions oh absolutely um the first thing what yeah obviously you figure out who you want never your tiers and whatnot but after that you figure out where you're drafting from so you know uh 
it sets up for you everything else about your draft. You can try to figure out uh, if you want to trade. You can try to figure out a bunch of different things. The, the important thing to do, though, once you know where you are, is to make a plan. Right. You, know, you, you have to be active, not reactive right. when you go into your draft. So, and the other thing... Go for it. Oh. Um, I was going to say that once you know where you're at, you can look at an AD, list of ADP, um, and you can kind of see what positions are going in there, mm-hmm. and, and it makes it a little bit, little bit easier to try and predict when the run is going to happen, and whether you want to join in on the run or, um, or try and avoid the run so that because you know, you know, okay, well, by this pick, I should still be able to grab an RB, a running back that I want, so. If a run happens, you know, a round before, I'm still going to take a wide receiver or something like that. That's a really Absolutely. good segue, JoJo, into the third one. Thank you for that perfect segue. You want to continue <laughs> to study that ADP, so you can establish what players you need to move around to get. Right. So, JoJo, just say what you just said. <laughs> um, well, kind of to elaborate a little bit more so you've looked at your bylaws you figured out which players uh you know how many if it's three wide receivers you know that if it's one rb or two rb uh, et cetera, etc cetera. and once you know where you're at you can a lot easier it's a lot easier to gauge what players are going to be there um, because say i'm picking at the 101 when i look through adp you know, there's going to be drastically different players that are going to be available, and I might have to reach on a couple guys because I know that in, you know, in that whatever it is, 22, 24 picks, I don't know what the actual math is, um, you know, in that two rounds that I'm not picking, um, there's a lot of players that are going to go, so I can gauge better who's going to be there and who's not. Right, exactly. So you can you can use your tiers to figure out Exactly where, in, and you're where you're drafting to figure out exactly who's going to be around at your ADP. So everything kind of ties into each other. Um, and then, once you figure out your tiers, you've done your ranks, you know where you're drafting, you've studied ADP, and you know what you want to do to move around, you start to trade. And that's one of my favorite parts, trading before a draft. And Luke, I think that you are one of, in my opinion, you are one of the people who's a kind of an expert on pre-draft trading so why don't you talk about that a little bit uh, well basically for me the, the thing that i like to do is set up the trades but i don't act on them until up and the reason why is because uh you make the trade time uh is gone the value is gone on it but you can ease just a little bit more out of it when it's your turn because your pick is worth its most when you're on the clock. And um, so what I like to do, especially in the first round, if I have a higher first, and like, let's say that I have one of the top four. So I'll get, you know, uh, Jones, uh, Brown, or, or, or Nuke. Um, my goal is to try to get uh, the trading person's second, fourth, and 2000, whatever, their next year's first. Right. And uh, because if I can get that, then I can get, you know, uh, a high second, a high fourth, and then I'm also, you know, if I got their second and fourth, so they're, I'm probably going to have a decent mid to high 2017 first. That's the first thing that I try to do. You and I but actually if I'm pulled low- up a trade like that in one of our leagues that we did together. Yes. Um, I gave Absolutely. you, I had the, what was it, the 106, and I gave you the 106 in exchange for 
your second, fourth, and your 2017 first. Absolutely. And you and it was load up on quarterbacks. Yeah, because it was a, a super flex, and right. I walked out of there. Uh, Rogers and Wilson, I believe. That was genius. Good job. I like that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I like that for both sides. It's really set me up in that league. So once you once you figured out some of your pre-trap trading options, you've got them in order. You just want to figure out every possible permutation of your draft. So you're going to mock draft, mock draft, and mock draft like crazy. And you can do right. that on Twitter. You can do that on many different sources. Yeah, I've been in, I would say, seven or eight uh, Dynasty mock drafts this summer alone. And then in a couple rookie mock drafts. And I all, all of them started out via Twitter. And uh, the person who runs it, uh, I, I, most of mine have been through uh, Dynasty Nerds with uh, Kyle. And uh, they will send you a uh, an MFL invite. And you just run it off an MFL site. And then once it's, once it's done, it's over. It's gone. Cool. So very cool. Yeah, it was fun. So yeah, so just to review how you prep for a startup, you're going to set up your tiers. Um, and your rankings, so your rank, your tiers are going to be within your rankings, um, and then you're going to figure out where you're drafting, and then you're going to use your tiers and your rankings to plan according to where you're drafting, get an idea in place. Look at average draft position, establish what players you really want, and based on your tiers and your and rankings and your draft position, figure out where you're going to move around to get the players that you do want. Then. You're going to discuss some of what you, these trading options that you have in order to make these moves happen. And then you're going to mock Jeff like crazy just in case you get thrown for something wild. Does that kind of sum it up, guys? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, uh, that's, that sounds good. So, yeah, guys, uh, all our listeners out there, next time you just absolutely destroy a draft, you can thank us because whether or not you know it, you're totally going to implement those five things. Um, it's the basics of Dynasty, and there's, as I said before, just do it. Make your tears. Please just make your tears. Do do nothing else but make your tears. Um, speaking of making tears and doing nothing else and just do it, I just want to give a little word from our sponsor before we move on to the second part of our program. We have a sponsor, guys. How cool is that? Awesome. That is totally yeah, awesome. About it's baller. So remember, I, I'm sure everybody who's a diehard listener does not remember. Um this but I made a mistake uh, like episode 2 or 3 where I said I was trying to say rookie draft and I accidentally said wookie draft as in like Star Wars and that was funny and people thought that was hilarious but you know it led me to thinking you know maybe we should get t-shirts so I started to talk to um, an apparel company a local apparel company here in Richmond but they have a national presence Um, they're based out of Richmond and uh, they said well you know we do do custom t-shirts and so they decided to become our sponsor. So I just want to tell you guys to take a second to check out our title apparel sponsor, Savage. They're the ultimate apparel company. They kill the jersey game for sports teams around the country, and their branded merchandise has some serious flavor. With both national and local level partnerships among a variety of sports, including football, soccer, ultimate frisbee, disc golf, dodgeball, Quidditch, like Harry Potter straight up in here, and more, they're ready to get you the gear you need. Savage produces brand and customizable apparel for the active lifestyle. And you need to check them out as they're offering an exclusive coupon code to our listeners to get 15% off online purchases. 
Here's where that story about the Wookiee draft comes in. You use the coupon code WookieTD at www.savageultimate.com to get awesome new gear. And if you don't see something you like, they've got a full custom options to get exactly what you need. Also, cool part, stay tuned for some exclusive intentional grounding fantasy football podcast apparel, which will be made by Savage, and it's going to be released coming in the future. So don't forget to use your coupon code that is Wookie T D W O O K I E T as in Tom D as in Dick at www.savageultimate.com to get 15% off your online orders of $15 or more. So yeah, thank you so much to the awesome guys at Savage. We're legit. We've got a sponsor. And now we're going to go off to our second segment. That's awesome. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> uh, our second <laughs> segment is going to be led by Luke. It's our mailbag. Um, so, Luke, you want to lead in? I, I think you said you had four questions for us, right? Yeah, yeah, I got four. I got four, four good ones here. The first one is actually more of a uh, uh, just a roundtable question, real quick. Uh, brought to you by uh, a guy we all know, uh, Brian. Uh, hey, uh, Brian. How you doing, Brian? <laughs> Brian's a diehard Patriots fan out of Massachusetts. Yes, he is. And uh, today he, uh, on our one of our chats, said that uh, Dion Lewis is uh, going to be a PPR running back one this upcoming season. Huh. And I'm pretty sure that uh, that you made a bet with him, didn't you, Noah? I did. So the, the way this came about was, as many of you remember, on the last podcast I said that Dion Lewis was a sell. Well, Brian disagrees uh, because Brian is a Patriots homer. Sorry, Brian. You are. Um and I really can't talk. I'm a Redskins and Hokie homer. <laughs> that was like, was like, what's up, pot? I'm Kettle. <laughs> so but Brian said, I disagree respectfully. He did do it respectfully. And uh, and he said, Dion Lewis is going to be uh, running back one this year. And I said, Brian, no. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Dion Lewis is going to be good. He's going to be he's going to be usable, but his value will not be as high as it is right now. So you need to sell him. And he said, you know, I'll make you a bet. You need to talk about it on the podcast. Here is uh, the bet, and his bet was that Dion Lewis ends the year as a running back one in fantasy football. And you know what? I'm willing to say that. You know, I'm willing to allow him to win if Dion Lewis is running back one in PPR or standard scoring. So yep. to be clear, running back one is just he finishes in the top 12. Top 12 running backs. Yeah. Um, so the bet, oh, he tweeted it at me. So if you want confirmation of this, this is on our Twitter. You can go find it at, at @groundingff on Twitter. Uh, he, he bet me and we're betting pizza. So what he's going to end up doing when he loses is he's going to order me a pizza from a local pizzeria and send it over to me. Um, and I'm really excited because I'm hoping that he'll get me some mellow mushroom pizza. Um, that's, that's a local pizzeria, guys. I'm not talking about illicit drugs. So, Luke, you want to go into, you want to talk about, uh, about why I'm going to win this trade? I, I, I don't know your opinion on the matter, um, beyond that you have some stats to give us, but I'm very confident. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> okay. Well, essentially, uh, when it comes to Dion Lewis, uh, first off, I, I think that he has, a uh, 
a decent shot to end up in the the back end of a running back two if he plays all 16 games. Um, but I don't know if I would expect him to end up in running back one territory with the other players that are out there. Uh, his stats, first off, I mean, obviously he's a receiving running back and only out of the that he played last year, only one of them did he run over 10 runs. Uh, and that was his first game. Yeah, uh, he only that's because Garrett Blunt was out. Right, his highest rush total as far as yards goes uh, was 69 yards, also in week one on 15 carries. Um, when you get it, he never broke 100 yards receiving, although he came close twice in uh, week two and in week eight. And he also scored a four total touchdowns. So he was really good in the a small amount that he did. But, you know, you extrapolate that out, I don't know if he would have made it into that running back one tier. Right. And I don't know if he's going to have a chance this year. And so I, I don't doubt that Deion Lewis is a usable back. I don't want anybody to believe that I'm saying Deion Lewis sucks. I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail if I say that. My girlfriend is a diehard Patriots fan. My girlfriend's parents are, you know, a whole family's Patriots fans. But i got to tell you, Deion Lewis, he went out because of an ACL, but he also missed another week two weeks before he went out with the ACL from an abdominal injury. He's not made to last 16 games. He just doesn't do it, and they can't rely on him. And also, the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, the dark emperor himself, will switch up the scheme when he thinks somebody's picking up on it. They've got so many running backs out of the backfield. If you'll remember, DJ Foster's there. Um... And I think that they're going to use everybody situationally. So I think that Deion Lewis will get the most touches, but I don't think he'll end up as a running back one. And therefore, we're put on the board for a pizza. Thanks, Brian. So I, I, think, <laughs> I, actually, right. I think I actually disagree with you guys on this a little bit. Well, you know oh, what, JoJo? Oh, hot take. You are fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's so, awesome. All right, give so us your side. So I don't – I'm not saying – well – Okay, so I think he could maybe sneak in there. I was just looking okay. at the top 12 running backs from last year. And okay. so it goes um, Freeman, AP, Woodhead, Doug Martin, Lamar Miller, D'Angelo Williams, Matt Forte, uh, David Johnson, Gurley, Latavius Murray, Mark Ingram, and Chris Ivory. And I can see uh, I can see a couple of the guys, those guys dropping out. And if Lewis can play... 16 games, or even if he only misses a couple games, I could see him kind of sneaking into the back end of that. Yeah, I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate appreciate your fighting spirit. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 take the guys that you just said. First of all, you're looking at Devonta Freeman as one of the options. Do you really think Devonta Freeman is going to have just as good of a year this year as he did last year? I think he'll have a better year than Deion Lewis. <laughs> oh, I don't. I wouldn't uh, argue that, but I I would say that he kind of drops down. I, don't, I, I agree. I'm I curious think that he if drops AP down. can hold up. Or um, I would also be curious if David Johnson's gonna have as good of a year as he did. I yeah. Think, you know, I don't think David Johnson will end up as a what was he like a top five last year or something like that. But I it was think, something. I do think he ends up as a running back one. Yeah, I would say tail end. Yeah, I think he's the one that probably bumps Deion Lewis back. A little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So, uh, so I'm glad to hear though that we have someone on the uh, on the show that uh, likes uh, to go against the grain. I like that. 
Yeah, we've, we've got a rebel. We've got a real maverick here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's see what JoJo says about this one. JoJo, you're uh, dead to me. Joe, I'm kidding. Does Moncrief end the year better than T.Y. Hilton as far as scoring goes? Like he's, is he going to uh, have more points? It's So that's one of the situations where I could see um, – where I could see T.Y. Hilton being better in PPR and Moncrief being better in standard. Yeah. Okay. Uh, meaning that it's uh, it's not that hard for me to see T.Y. catching a ton of passes just because mm-hmm. him and Luck already have a lot of uh, synergy together. And I can see Moncrief getting you know, more yardage or more touchdowns than T.Y. Hilton. Okay. Interesting. I, li- I like that answer. I, I do. I, th- I think it could be close for sure. Um, I I'd like I like Moncrief a little more, but I think that that's more so because I, I think I have a bias I need to work out with Hilton. I don't know what it is. You don't like short people? It, it might, I'm, I'm six foot, so I'm not a reach. I'm not a beanpole. <laughs> All right, what do you think, Noah? I, um... I think it's going to be one of those situations like we had with uh, with uh, Arizona last year where you're not really sure which one. But if I had to choose, like, gun to my head kind of thing, I would I would go with Hilton um, because he has done it more. Okay. Um, and, I, and like you said, I think that he has more, more uh, rapport with luck. But I, I don't feel strongly either way. I, I think it's... I would take Hilton. Yeah, I would take Hilton. Let's do Hilton. Okay. Analysis. Um, question number three. Uh, will McKinnon ever actually get a shot in Minnesota? I'm banking on him getting a shot this year. Okay, so you think this year AP's going to go down and McKinnon gets a shot? Yeah, but for what it's worth, I thought it was going to be last year. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I'm, my concern is if it doesn't happen this year, You've got this avalanche coming of 2017 running backs. Well, I think um, since it didn't happen this past year, his value is has kind of tanked. Mm-hmm. And basically, you're, I mean, really, if you have him, unless you've got someone who is really holding out hope more than you, you it's just a hold, and you're just hoping that you can either recoup value or that he shows something and they re-sign him. Okay, so it's turning into like a Christine Michael situation? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. He is okay. my Christine Michael. Okay, that's fair enough. I, I, I still have him in a couple of leagues too, and I yeah, I totally agree. I Every time I'm like, oh my God, I got to move him now, I go out there and everyone that offers me anything for him is so far under what I'm expecting that I just, I'm always holding him. Yeah. Okay, now this next one, our oh, last wait, wait, one. Hold on, I gotta wait. Oh, on that mechanic oh I, I, I apologize. Go for it. Um, yeah, you should apologize. Um, <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I, at first I was very no, McKinnon's not gonna make it. McKinnon, you should know. But the more I think about it, I really think that this year will tell us. Um, so I'm kind of punting my answer. Sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, because McKinnon, he. He is very versatile, and he's incredibly athletic. Um, he does. He can run from shotgun. Uh, he can take handoffs in the shotgun. He can run from the eye formation. He catches screens. He does jet sweeps. He runs from the slot. Um, he's he's kind of a matchup nightmare whenever he's on the field. It's just that he doesn't get on the field much because 
you always have Adrian Peterson. And while I don't think that they're going to go to a split backfield approach, that would be crazy because you have Adrian frickin' Peterson. Um, I, I do think that McKinnon is going to get worked in a little bit more this year so they can see what they have in him before this class comes out. If they can save, if they can just use McKinnon and not draft a running back in this coming year, they can pick up whatever talent falls from those uh, running back needy teams that are on the board. Uh, I think, I mean, if you think about it, Peterson really just relies on, on eye formations. McKinnon excels in shotgun formations, and Peterson sucks at them. So I would go forward, and I would say that McKinnon could be the guy. I would stash him, and I would give him another year. And if he doesn't produce by the end of this year, and if he doesn't flash, I would sell him before week 16. You know, what I couldn't believe that they uh, that they never really did was put McKinnon into the slot while AP was out there. They, they have not done that. You know, I, I would think that that's what they would want to do to utilize him because he's one of those players that when he touches the ball, things happen. Yeah. Uh, and he's just kind of sitting there. So I don't, I, I don't know. Well, you know, uh, it's, it's great because, because his ability to – and that's one thing he has that he's actually better than Adrian Peterson in is his, his ability to line up in the shotgun and his ability to work out the shotgun. Because if they can line him up out of the shotgun and – on third down, that's incredible mm-hmm. because they don't lose the threat of a run, but he can also catch the ball. Right. And, and I remember I read a lot and listen to a lot uh, regarding fantasy and dynasty. So I'm not sure exactly who said this or who wrote it, but I remember seeing somewhere that, uh, like you said earlier, Adrian Peterson prefers I formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback prefers shotgun. Right. So when AP is out there, you know, are you really getting the best out of Teddy? Yeah. You know, so if you switch that's a good, to that's that's McKinnon. An interesting point. I, I hadn't thought about yeah. that. So, I mean, because, I mean, everyone's dogging on Teddy right now about how, you know, he's, what, quarterback 22 right now in rankings as far as, like, dynasty goes. Uh, how, where is he actually going to end up and everything? You know, I... Yeah. Maybe they're just not putting him in a position to succeed, and then you've got that spreading to Diggs, to Treadwell, and uh, you know everyone else that's got to catch a ball from this guy. So my yeah. hope is, Go ahead. my hope is that he um, kind of pulls a theoretic, where you know theoretic wasn't getting very much, you know he wasn't getting any volume, but he had kind of flashed a couple times, and then mm-hmm. the people that had held on to him, you know, at that point he was what an RB four. Or five yeah. even, and then the people that held on to him, it paid off huge, um, and that's kind. Of, I'm hoping that McKinnon has a similar thing because last season Riddick uh, went 43 for 133 yards, but he caught 80 passes for uh, 697 yards. Well, everyone needs a little Jim Bob Cooter of their life. You know, <laughs> whenever you can Jim Bob Cooter it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. Our last one for the night, real quick, uh, regarding questions is a guy who just joined an orphan. Uh, he just joined a league that's an orphan team, and it's 12-team PPR, and his only real piece of note is Nuke. So he's looking at having basically Big Ben is his quarterback. Duke Johnson and McKinnon are his two running backs. Uh, besides Nuke, he's got Marvin Jones and Ty Montgomery. 
and he's only got Clive Walford as his tight end. The rest of it's just God, it sounds like nothing. A dumpster fire within a, like a, another bigger dumpster fire. Right. So essentially, what he's got, he he's trying to move Nuke for the most uh, pieces uh, that can help without completely dissolving into multiple pieces uh, that basically make nothing. So he wants to know, should he aim for doing a two-for-one, a three-for-one, or a four-for-one trade to get the most out of it without just getting a bunch of other crap to clog the team as opposed to help it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would move him if you can get the 101 plus. Yeah, okay. what I would be trying to do is uh, select kind of like what a, a deal that I made today um, where... The big pieces I moved were Jordan Matthews and Funchess for Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be trying to do something like that with Nuke, where if hopefully there's, and I'm sure there are people that still see him as kind of a 101 to 103 type player, mm-hmm. uh, and moving him for somebody like Jordan Matthews, whose value is a little bit in the tank for uh, for whatever reason, and trying to get kind of an upside guy with a Funchess type player and then if you can get because Nuke holds a little bit more value if you can get like a future first or a couple future seconds something like that um, I'd be I'd be looking to do that yeah okay I I tend to agree with that I would say yeah this team is in a complete rebuild and Nuke is going to do nothing but hurt it Um, and Nuke is young Nuke is good but I, I think that uh, he would do you much better on somebody else's team because it's going to take multiple years to rebuild this thing. I totally agree. All right, let's move on. Let's get to our uh, our uh, segment three here with uh, guys we're targeting in the first three rounds oh, of right. a startup. Yeah, so this we're basically we're going to go through the first three rounds. We're going to tell you an early guy and a late guy that we're targeting. Uh, Luke is going to quickly read off the five guys that are the first five guys in the round and the last five guys in the round. So we'll do one through five and then seven through 12. Is that my math? Yeah, that's my math. Eight through 12. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah, I don't do math. I'm a lawyer. Um, by the way, call me if you want me to help you interpret your bylaws. So, um, yeah, I would say, uh, so we're going to go through that and we're each going to quickly pick um, a guy that we're going for and why. So... Luke, I'm going to let you go ahead and read them off, and JoJo will go first. Okay, sounds good. Uh, in the first round, first five goes... Oh, I had it on running backs here. Oh, my goodness. All right, Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, and Allen Robinson. Um, of those, I'd be going OBJ. Okay, so you would want OBJ. All right. Noah, who would you go after? I would go after Allen Robinson because he's young, 22, and sexy. All right. And I'd go after Hopkins. Okay. okay. Moving on. Uh, in our late part of it, number eight is Gurley. Uh, nine is Elliot. Ten is Gronk. Uh, Eleven is Bell, Le'Veon Bell. And number 12 is A.J. Green. Uh, that's a lot of running backs. That's more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. We when we can have the same answer. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. No, I'd be I'd be going wide receiver with AJ Green. I get yeah. that he's on the backside of his twenties, but he's really not that old. He's kind of in the peak, and and honestly, I think he'll be a top five wide receiver this year. Mm-hmm. And so you can you know ride him out, get the good production out of him, and. 
especially if you're picking late in the draft, sometimes you feel like you're going to get boned. But if you can get a guy that I think is going to be top five production, you know, you're going to uh, you're going to do pretty well. Yeah, and um, I also, whenever I think of AJ Green, I actually think of you, JoJo. Just because <laughs> when we were doing our uh, when we were doing FFJ startup, you were talking about how much you love AJ Green. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so what about you, Luke? Oh well, I I, I agree. Uh, AJ Green's the uh, he's the chalk answer for me. I totally agree with that concept. I mean, he according you know this is the same age as Antonio Brown and Julio Jones, and he's the clear number one on his team uh, versus the three running backs and one tight end that's also in that grouping. I would it's a no brainer to me. Uh, but you, on the other hand, take a contrary thing here and you cheat. I did cheat. Jimmy I don't take any of these five. Um, I take from the first half of the second round, and I'll take Keenan Allen what? because I'm all right, fifteenth overall. Yeah, I, uh, he's just out of this round, and I would I would actually say I would take Keenan Allen here in the back half of the first because he's twenty four. He's a stud. He's the first, he's a number, clear number one wide receiver on his team, um, and I mean, what are they going to do? Uh, you know, throw it to down the field, Travis Benjamin. Maybe mm-hmm. throw it to Antonio Gates occasionally, or, you know, the Melvin Gordon experiment really didn't work out that well. You know, they got Woodhead and they got, you know, Hunter Henry there now, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm not really those Joker sets. I'm really <laughs> not worried about those guys. So I would take Keenan Allen in a heartbeat. All right, you I cheater. See, now that I see who's in the first round, I might trade back whether I'm 1 through 12 in the first round <laughs> to get in the second. Uh, see what you started here? You started logic. You need to stop it. <laughs> I started good drafting. Yeah. And, 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 honestly, that is good drafting. That, I totally agree. You know, A.J. Green is very tempting, but I'm going to let guys get Gurley. I'm going to let them get Elliot. You know, I'm going to let people take Gronk. That's not me because it's Gronk. He's great and everything, but, you know. Yeah. He's 27. And All then right. a lot of people take no. Uh, real quick, uh, Mike Evans was six and Amari Cooper was seven. Right. All right, moving on, number 13 for the second round. The early part of it is Des Bryant, uh, Sammy Watkins, Keenan Allen, uh, Elshon Jeffrey, and Brandon Cooks. JoJo, what say you? Um, you said Keenan Allen, right? Yeah, he's in, he's in number 15 overall. Uh, I really like Keenan Allen. I also really like Cooks. It's uh, so this is why I'm trading out of the first round and trying to get in here. Um, yeah, is because you know if I can get multiple guys in this area, then mm-hmm. then I feel like my production is maxed out. Yeah, I totally get that. So yeah, you can move back. Um, I don't know. I think I kind of lean Keenan Allen. Well, that's right. good because I go cooks. Um, <laughs> you, you, you don't you don't like sharing with anybody, do you? I don't like to share. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I go cooks because he's 22. He's on a pass happy offense. He's the centerpiece of that offense, and he's shown he can do it. And I just love everything about the guy. He's he he can he's won me a couple of leagues already, and I'm just gonna keep riding him. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll dig into my uh, old psych textbooks and figure out what's going on with you. Uh, but while I'm doing that, I am going to <laughs> take Sammy Watkins. That's so crazy. So. <laughs> Watkins is a good pick. I'm sorry. Uh, I just can't get behind Watkins right now. I, I like him because he's he's the true number one there. There's no one there to compete with. Now, granted, you're looking at Allen. He's the same way. Uh, Cooks is the same way all the time. But I think if if... 
Tyrod is the answer. It's going to go through Watkins. And if he's not and they bring someone else in, it's going to go through Watkins. Watkins is the guy. And as a fan of a team that traded away the ability to get Sammy Watkins, um, I cry in, my, you know, in the shower sometimes still. i got to so. tell you, though, with Sammy Watkins, like, sure, he's the number one, but right now he is the number nothing in training camp because he is injured again. Again he's injured. I know. I, 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 that's you know that's just the way it works sometimes. You know, uh, what can you do? Yeah, I understand. How about this? I will give you Sammy Watkins for Brandon Cooks. Oh, uh, that is a deal that I would take. Okay, good. I won. Um, take us to the back half <laughs> of round two. All right, in the back half, uh, Laquan Treadwell is number twenty. Real quick, number eight on this ADP, by the way, was Ezekiel Elliott, number eight overall. That's nuts. That's insane. That's nine. crazy. I thought it was nine. Where was Mike oh, Evans? It is nine. It is nine. Uh, Evans was six. Six overall. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because I you're, still take him. Yeah, you take him. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, it was so funny, too, because I, I wanted to extend it out so that you could have a shot at him. But, uh, you know, he wasn't at the top. He's in the middle. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, let's, let's go to Luke, too. Just, all right. So, number 20 is Treadwell, which is also crazy to me. Uh uh, T.Y. Hilton is 21, Randall Cobb is 22, Lamar Miller 23, and Kevin White is 24. All right. Uh, who do you take, JoJo? Um, I really want to say White. I mean, it's I'm kind of with the Perriman thing happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though White's different, it still kind of makes me nervous. But he was just so flipping good in college. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I don't see how he doesn't how that doesn't translate and I get that missing out on a year um, has kind of has made him rusty and he doesn't look um, you know as caught up as they thought he would be right off the bat but I mean he missed a year and it's the NFL not college so there's going to be a little bit of growing pains but if he can get the reps in and get playing I don't see how he makes an insane step forward this year just by being on the field and and I I don't think that when he was off the field, he was just chilling. He was studying. He was learning the playbook. He was around the players. He was hanging out with Alshon Jeffrey. And I think that White is great pick there, although he's not like that. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, I, yeah. Who is your guy, Noah? My guy is Randall Cobb, and it's and you know this is a little explanatory thing. I think I actually have Randall Cobb in nearly every fantasy dynasty fantasy league I have, almost every single one with the exception of two. Um, and because I love him so much, he is 25 years old, so he's an old man in terms of my, um, with the rest of my picks that you're going to hear about. But I don't think that his lack of production last year was on him. I think it was because the entire offense sputtered without Jordy Nelson. So I, I'm still high on Cobb. I think that he's going to be a souped up Julian Edelman. All right. And my guy. Uh, is pretty easy because I feel he's the only actual uh, wide receiver one in this group, and that's T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I look at Cobb. Cobb's a two. I look at White. White's a two for now, but the talk is there that Alshon Jeffrey is going to get an extension. Uh, so I I got to go with the guy that could be the one, most likely. So for me, it would be Hilton. You know, you could be the one, Luke. <laughs> yeah, well, moving on to early third round. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who we got in the early third? 
All right, you got Dante Moncrief at 25, uh, Devontae Parker at 26, Devonta Freeman at 27, Jarvis Landry at 28, and Jordy Nelson at 29. Can you run through that one more time for me? Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Moncrief, Parker, Freeman, Landry, and Nelson. Yeah, I'm going Moncrief there uh, pretty yeah. easily. Uh, I mean, he's he's young. He he's he's got what it takes to be a wide receiver. One, I think he's playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, um, and it's just you know the 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 cards are stacked in his favor, and it's gonna take him like a royal mess up to not to not outproduce that draft position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but real quick, we'll get mine out of the way. I totally agree. You know, uh, I, do, I look at this list. And the first thing that pops out to me is you had a 22-year-old, 23-year-old, 24-year-old, 23-year-old, and then a 31-year-old. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what say you? I would – I go with um, I go with not Moncrief, but I go with Parker. Um, okay. Because I, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, I'm just – you know, Moncrief is not worth this spot for me. Um, and the only reason I would take him here is because if, if I was like ta- actively talking to the two of you while I was podcasting, <laughs> uh, I would take Parker because Parker started to flash in the end of last year. He's got a good stock invested. I mean, he's young. He's only 23 years old, and I think he's going to be a central part of that that offense. I think that Landry is he's good, but I think when Tannehill is able to take over the offense, like he's going to be able to this year, they're saying they're going to let Tannehill. Ten audible and shift and do things a lot at the line of scrimmage. Parker's going to really excel because of that because Tannehill has a good skill set that'll in, that'll really help Parker. So I'll, I'm going to actually go with Parker here. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and then we have one more committee to go through here. I would be uh, surprised. Out- I just want to throw this out. Knowing who you're about to read off, I think that we will all select the same guy. All right. Well, let's see. Okay, 32. We have have DGB, Doriel Green Beckham. At 33, we have Coco, Corey Coleman. Uh, 34, we have Adrian Peterson. 35, we have Cam Newton. And uh, 36, we have another old wide receiver, Brandon Marshall. All right, JoJo, who do you got? Um, it's between DGB and Coco for me. And right now, um, I'm kind of leaning Coco. Um, although... I do think DGB is probably more likely to outproduce this draft position this year than I think Coco is just with Cleveland going through its growing pains that it's growing through. Um, I think, and I think DGB can be a wide receiver one. So, so uh, which one is it? It's, uh, I'm going to go DGB. Oh, so close to a sweep. Uh, <laughs> you, hey, you I, were leading Coco. I was. Honestly, though, I the more do I talk about it, I do understand that. Though. I don't, you horrible person. You're well, <laughs> again. That's twice. So funny because Malarkey has um, uh, put uh, DGB in the seconds and has had uh, Tajay Sharp running with the first, but then he came out and said he's just doing it as motivation, and it, it doesn't do anything. I know. It's it, the opposite. It, to me, that's as that's as good to go as like Butch Davis back in the early 2000s, figuring that the best thing to do with his quarterbacks every offseason was have a quarterback 
like challenge. And whoever was the best quarterback at the end got the job. It made no sense to me being a Browns fan. And that's why we have that silly little uh, jersey with like 40 names on it. <laughs> you actually have one? But yeah, it's, it's it. Well, it's it's being retired now that the Cavs have actually won a championship. But there's like I think there's 23 names on it. Seriously, wow. I mean I personally don't have it. It's in the city of Cleveland, but you know they have it. It's crazy. Oh God. Well, I I, I I Luke and I go Coco because he he's currently the number one in Cleveland. He's gonna be the number one. He's really good. And JoJo, you are just wrong, and you hurt my heart. <laughs> I don't necessarily think he's wrong, though. I, I mean, don't. Th- I don't necessarily think he's wrong either. I, I, I would almost agree with him, and it might just be my current draft bias, but that <laughs> could very easy. Yeah, but yeah, that's sweep not... so bad. <laughs> that's all the fun stuff we got. You guys gonna watch the uh, uh, season finale of uh, Game of Thrones on Sunday? Game of freaking game of freaking game of freaking game of Game of Thrones. Oh, that's right, Jojo. You said you, you said you're. Uh, you're a t- you're a couple back yet, aren't you? Yeah, a couple yeah, seasons. I'm, I'm still so far behind. There's not even. It's, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I heard that. I heard that the ep- the last episode was pretty insane. And oh, I, I, oh yeah. I've caught was. little things. I think I saw something about Sansa drinking blood. Maybe. Hey, whoa. <laughs> we don't need to talk oh, about Sansa drinking oh, blood. That was not blood in her cup. Oh man, are we? <laughs> Are we talking Penny Dreadful or Game of Thrones? I'm confused. I have no idea. I don't know. I there was some weird stuff going on around uh, Twitter, and I was like, uh, I just Arya turned into an elf. Anyways, um, that that's the problem with shows and stuff on Twitter and everything. There's so many, I got so much spoilers, but like uh, theories out there that all of a sudden just get legs of their own and take off. It's yep. so good. So I just wanna I just wanna let everybody know that if you wanna know what ADP we used for our. Um, our guys were targeting segment segment three we got that from dynastyleaguefootball.com dlf uh, the two websites that we've referenced most frequently here are dlf which is dynasty league football and under the helmet uth uh if you want to reach out to luke jojo or myself you can reach us on twitter luke's twitter handle is at intentional underscore g my twitter handle is at grounding ff and JoJo's, JoJo's is at JoJo L Mags, M-A-G-S. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor again, Savage, the ultimate apparel company. Um, if you want to get that 15% off online purchase coupon, you use the coupon code WookieTD. Wookie for six, guys. Um, and thank you all so much for being a wonderful audience and a listening audience. Write us with questions at intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. What's that, Luke? intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com JoJo intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com and signing off for everybody I am Noah Downs he is Luke Bisson and he is JoJo I love the ending just JoJo and yep. thank you all so much for listening folks we'll talk to you next week thanks guys thanks